Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte Technology Careers at Deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Gang, welcome in to the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me as always is my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I found myself writing today an optimistic article about your boy, Jake Butt. Now, for what it's worth, Jake Butt, there was a nice piece that the team site did uh, published over the weekend on Saturday, I want to say, that featured some, some updates from Butt, some actual quotes, how he's doing, Whatnot, and then today, not only did he make some notebooks playing well out there on in team period, but Drew Locke talked about him. I want to get to Drew Locke's quotes, but I'm I'm starting to feel cautiously optimistic that it might be different this time. That if he can stave off that injury bug, Zach, he might have a little something to say about that 53 man roster. It's just I don't know, Chad. This is one of the topics we kind of diver- diverge on. It's like you touch the hot stove and you get burned. Then oh, the stove is hot. Let me touch it again. You can only trust Jake Butt for so long before he lets you down. And while I thought the pick in 2017 was a steal for where he was drafted, while I think he was a great college tight end, while I had high hopes for him in Denver, the fact of the matter is we cannot rely on a single snap, a meaningful snap from Jake Butt until 2020. Do I like the fact that he's at training camp performing well? Yes. But who isn't right now, Chad? Who is struggling right now in training camp? Not many players. So while he's looking good in these these practices, these aren't even full scale, there aren't even all padded practices, he's looking good on the field, but will that translate to September? Can he stay healthy? Can he contribute to an offense that already has Noah Fant, already has the running backs, already has the receivers? Can he do that? If he can... Serve me up all the curl you want. I will eat it. Same as Garrett Bowles. If not, I'm going to continue dying on that hill that Jake Butt is a lemon. He's a lost cause until proven otherwise. You know, let me ask you this, okay? I feel I feel you because you have to mitigate expectations. You, As a fan base, you know, our official advice is don't get your hopes up, right? Just allow yourself to be – if you're going to be surprised, be pleasantly surprised. But at the same time, Zach, let me ask you this. 
the Broncos have shown, I would say, inordinate patience and long suffering with Butt. I think the vast majority of fifth round picks who suffer not one but two knee injuries after redshirting their rookie year would have been injury waived a long time ago. What do you think it is? And this is an honest question. Why do you think the Broncos have shown such patience with Jake Butt? Well, A, because for now and up until this point, they don't have a no-doubt-about-it proven tight end. Noah Fant can be that, but they don't really have a superstar at that position. It's the reason why they drafted him. Another reason was he played for a big program at Michigan. He should have been, if not for his injury, probably a second-round pick, third at worst. So the Broncos felt they got a steal in Jake Butt in the middle rounds, which they did. They're loyal to him because he has the traits of a starting caliber tight end. They're loyal to him in the same way they're loyal to Garrett Bowles. In shorts and on paper, he looks like a starter. He looks like an NFL tight end. He looks like an NFL contributor. But when the lights go on, Chad, and the games happen, at least Bowles can stay on the field. Jake Butt is not on the field. He's on the trainer's table. Three knee injuries and through such a young career and a young portion of his life. He's a young guy. He's in his 20s. It's tough to come back from. So I, I liked him at Michigan. I liked him in college. I liked when he was drafted. I'm just being honest with myself. It's not optimism or, or pessimism. It's realism. If he can come prove me wrong, I'll be the first one to say I was wrong. But they have other tight ends in this room, Chad, including one they drafted in the first round last year, and they used a mid-round pick this year. If they were that high on butt, would they have done that? So that's my counter to that. It's not so much that I don't think it's they drafted a guy like Albert Okuebunum because they weren't high on butt, but rather when – because just to dial it back just for a second. So the Broncos draft him injured, right? He injures his knee, ACL tear in Michigan's bowl game, and thus he would have gone probably early day two had he not suffered that injury. Broncos get him fifth round. You think, oh, that's good value. It's only good value if he plays. So far he hasn't played. Well, excuse me, fast forward, and he redshirts his entire rookie year, doesn't play. Year two, everything's looking good. And year two, of course, is the Case Keenum year. Everyone's excited. You got a new quarterback. Jake Butt debuts, plays the first three games, and then during practice in between week three and week four, suffers another injury. So that's his first injury as a Bronco. Then fast forward to the next summer. Everything's looking good. The Broncos, you know, play it safe with him. They debut him in the third pre, excuse me, what the fourth, no, third preseason game, the dress rehearsal. He plays well. And even after that game, he's talking about how he feels good, his knee's good, but he wakes up the next morning and the knee is stiff, pain again. The Broncos shut him down. He has another scope. He's done for the season. At that point, long before that, in fact, um, after the 2018 season, so his second year, he goes three weeks in, suffers that knee injury. I think that's when the Broncos came to terms, Zach, with the fact that, look, we're not giving up on Jake Buck because obviously they haven't. They haven't given up on him. But we have to make contingencies. We have to face the facts that there's a good chance, you know, best predictor of, of future behavior is past behavior. We, we can't get caught up in this. We can't be suckers. Noah Fant, first round. And then this year, Albert Okue Boonham. And I think that you're seeing them hedge against the probability that Jake Butt's not going to have it. But for whatever reason, Zach, they have showed faith in him. <clears throat> and it'll be really interesting because if he does manage to stay healthy throughout training camp, I could see the team keeping four tight ends and Jake Butt being one of them. They also showed the same loyalty to Jeff Hireman, and it was to a fault. So sometimes with John Elway, certain players, he doesn't like admitting failure or cutting the players that he drafted. And when you look at it, the Broncos, after 2017, after they drafted Butt, they took a tight end in every single draft. 
2018 was Fumagalli. 2019 was Noah Fant. 2020 was Alberto. Then they signed uh, Vanette on top of all of that. If they were so super high on Jake Butt, if they thought he had a long-term future in Denver, if they weren't just taking it on a snap-by-snap basis like I am, they wouldn't have done that. So could he contribute? Again, yes. Could he maybe crack the roster as that fourth tight end? I don't think he will over Andrew Beck, who can play fullback as well. Could it happen? Yeah. Is he going to be a star? I think that ship has sailed a few knee injuries ago, Chad. And for what it's worth, Andrew Beck did return to practice after being on the word that shall go unmentioned reserve list. He did his time away, did his quarantine back in the saddle, and we aren't sure quite yet how he did in his first day uh, because Fangio hadn't talked to him yet at the conclusion of practice, but it looked like he was doing okay. Now, real quick, Zach, before we move on and grab this super from Mark, I just want to read this quote from Drew Locke, and we'll put the Jake Butt topic to bed. His impressions on Jake Butt, quote, this is Drew Locke today. There's nobody in our locker room that doesn't want to see Jake Butt succeed. One of the best teammates that we have in this locker room. For him to push and grind through all the injuries he's had, for him to come out, he reported early with us, right from the get-go, I could tell. He's not 100% back to normal. Obviously, you can never, he says, get back to normal after a knee injury. But he's as close as you can possibly get after having those surgeries. The guy is playing some really good football. He's super smart and a little more athletic than people give him credit for, close quote. So that's Drew Locke just kind of saying some pleasantries. He was asked directly about Jake Butt for what it's worth. But the reason he was asked directly about Jake Butt is Jake Butt had a, has had himself three really good days to open up training camp. So fingers crossed. We'll see. Locke went so over the top there with platitudes. And listen, it's, he's being a good teammate. That's what he has to say right now. But even he couldn't shy away from the fact that he's not 100% Jake Butt. Locke even admitted that Jake Butt will never be the same player as he once was because, because of the knee injuries. And if he's saying that Jake Butt has a little speed, has a little athleticism, that's not a reason to keep him around on the roster. So I love Locke, but what he says about Butt, I'm not buying too much. The last thing I'll say, and then we'll grab we'll grab Mark here, is that the Broncos coaches, they're in a they're in a tough spot because in years past, you could say, look, Jake Butt's playing well in training camp. Let's see how he does in the preseason. Then we'll make our decisions on the 53. They don't have that this year. So right. if they choose to keep him on the 53 and they, I mean, they're doing it on a kind of not so much a sight unseen, but they're not going to have the same level of intelligence and sample size to kind of make that decision on as they would in years past. And I can only wonder how that's going to affect the roster math when it comes down to it. But I can't help but hold on to this one thing, Zach. Someone in that building is holding on for dear life with Jake Butt, and I have a feeling it's one of the big shot callers. And if I had to bet some money on it, I would guess that it's John Elway himself. Now, that's just speculation. That's just speculation. But we'll see. Now, listen, guys, we have a a lot we want to get to tonight, a lot of topics, a lot of buzz coming out of Dove Valley UC Health Training Centers. The Broncos kicked off the first fully practiced, uh, fully padded practice, excuse me, of training camp. We're going to get to that here in just a second. We're going to get to Mark's jokes and super chats as well on the other side here. First, just a couple of quick matters of business. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter. Uh, Follow the podcast on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. While you're at it, follow the main account at MileHighHuddle. You get those two checked, those two boxes checked on Twitter. You're not going to miss anything podcast-related, and you're not going to miss any breaking Broncos news and analysis. Also, check out the merch store, gang, HuddleUpPod.com, and get your swag on. Get yourself one of these Mile High Huddle trucker hats, or like you see Zach wearing one of the Huddle Up Podcast football priest hat. There's T-shirts, there's mugs, there's face masks. 
hoodies. There's a little something for everybody. It's another organic way that you can help support what we're doing here at Mile High Huddle. And if you're not in a position to do that, it's all good. We're just happy to have you here. Each and every one of you, though, can do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share. Especially crucial on Facebook and YouTube. And on YouTube, the subscribing gang. The numbers, we beefed them up. Uh, during the summer, we went from being about 35, 40% of the audience that watches these and participates in these live streams each and every night were watching, but they weren't subscribed. We've now flipped that and narrowed that margin. It's probably around 20%, but it still blows my mind, Zach, that there's 20% of people who watch these podcasts religiously, but they're not subscribed to the channel. So if you're one of those people right now watching, or you might be watching this after the fact, just pull the trigger and do a subscribe. Helps us out a lot. The channel, Mile High Huddle. All right, a couple last things here, Zach, and then we'll dive in. A shout out to our Facebook supporters. For those of you in our Facebook communities that watch these podcasts, want to learn how you can support what we do here at MHH, you can become an official supporter like these awesome people you see here on screen. And it's simple. You just go to facebook.com slash milehighhuddle, and you can see that bold blue button, become a supporter, click that, and you can help support what we're doing here on the day-to-day bringing you this content. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, let's grab Mark's first super chat here. Appreciate you, my friend, Mark. We always miss you when you're not in the chat stream. We've even had some other great superstars, Zach, trying to pick up the slack for Mark with the jokes, bringing the jokes, including Mandangas. But Mark, excuse me, Mark says, what's up, guys? Did you ever wonder what Chris Harris looks like? Curly from the, did you ever wonder that Chris Harris looks like Curly from the Harlem Globetrotters? That just dawned on me. Oh, well, hashtag football priest. I have to go a long time since I've watched the Harlem Globetrotters, Zach. I can't quite picture him. 
<laughs> I just Googled it, Chad, and the first picture that pops up, his name is Fred Neal. Just Google it, and he does look like Chris Harris Jr. All right, I got to check this out. Do a, do a share screen just to show the audience that it's actually right. pretty spot on. All right, stand by. Let's, let's have – oh, goodness. Yeah, I can see it a little bit. Let me grab this picture. Okay, here it's we go. It's the cheekbones. All right, let me do the share screen real quick, just real quick. <laughs> All right, here we go. This – is this the same one? Yeah, I think that's yeah. him. It looks yeah. like him. It's oh, like an older guy. For some reason, I can't make it bigger. I can't – normally, I can touch – oh, there we go. Here we go. Well, there you went. Bye-bye. There. Hopefully, you can see that a little bit better. Yeah, I can see it a little bit. I can see it. But I'll be honest with you. I didn't know who that was until Mark said the name Curly from Globetrotter. So, props on your uh, Globetrotter knowledge there, my brother. He also jumps back in to say, and thank you again, Mark. He says, the real reason why Jawan James lost his eyebrows is because he stayed way too long in the sun. Hashtag MHH. Maybe catching you know, lapping up some uh, some time in, on the beach or wherever during the offseason, perhaps. I don't know. But Mark's on a roll. He's continuing it here, Zach. What's up, my guys? Breaking news. Philip Lindsay lost all of his hair just by walking by <laughs> Garrett Bowles. <laughs> hashtag state of stand. <laughs> and, yes, hashtag use toilet bowls. Got to love it, dude. Mark brings the funny. And, you know, not everybody loves the funny that we – that, that Mark brings to the show there's the occasional hater that will comment and say, can you guys please not do the, the toilet bowls and the da, 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 da. But guess what? Zach and I need that levity in our lives. And I think yes. most of our community uh, enjoys it as well. Yeah. I don't care about the haters, Chad, Mark, we missed you. We love laughing at what you have to say. And uh, it's pretty spot on comparison. I have to say. What's up, Jerry. Jerry is one of our supporters on Facebook. It's good to see you. My friend rocking the MHH face mask, like a true boss. Appreciate that. We got William Harris on YouTube. Thank thank the Lord above for the Huddle Up Pod. Much love to you, my friend. Appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, welcome in. Chris Hernandez in the house, Bonafide Superstar. Also, Click supporting em. us on Facebook. Really appreciate that. Um, Click those little thumbs up, guys, as Chris would say. Pobby, as well, is another one of our superstars that has taken the, the call to action on Facebook to become a supporter. So, really appreciate you guys. All right, Zach. While we're queuing up, and real quick, last one here from Terry. Really appreciate you, my brother. Jumping in on Super Chat up there north of the 49th parallel. He says, slight delay, hashtag football priest, hashtag state of being. Were we late? Were we late tonight? We were by about 10 minutes, I think, actually. We're always a little bit late, dude. Sorry. It's just the way it is. We try not to be, but sometimes things are happening, and and uh, we're planning the show, and we're going over what we're going to talk about and all that stuff. So, we, we make up for patience. it. We, yeah, we do. We definitely try to make up for it. Um, Zyka, been a minute since we've seen you in oh, the Super Chat. Good to, good see to you. have you back, my friend. Appreciate you. He says, you guys are great at what you do here. Appreciate the stream as always. Thank Very you. nice. And then Cody Potter will get on the other side. I want to get your thoughts on Drew Locke. So a few of the storylines that emerged out of day three, and again, today, Monday, was the first fully padded practice. So you're starting to see things coalesce a little bit around the offensive line. You, you can start getting a clearer picture of how the running game's shaping up and whatnot. But the fly in that ointment, Zach, is that today the Broncos' first-team offense mostly went against the second-team defense. Drew Locke did what he's supposed to do as the first-team quarterback. He carved him up. He played extremely well, hardly any incompletions in the team period going against the twos, and looked really, really good. The other aspect to that, though, Zach, is, again, the flip side, going against second-team. Nevertheless, so far, 
through three real practices in training camp, the early returns on Drew Locke are good. How much do you read into that? Not a lot. And I, I will say that the key word there is doing what he's supposed to be doing or the key words, the key phrase, and what you just said, Chad. That's what he's supposed to be doing. As the franchise quarterback, he's the locked-in starter, no pun intended. He should be carving up the second-team defense. It's encouraging because there were times when Pax Lynch was around, not to pile on, he was struggling against second- and third-teamers. So he wasn't doing what he should have been doing at that time. Drew Locke is at least. But it's also practice. It's also geared toward the offense in a sense. He's, he can't be hit. He can't be sacked. They kind of like treat him with kid gloves a little bit. He should be doing this at this stage, Chad. But what I like to see are the, the micro elements to, to his game, which is his footwork, his leadership, his ball delivery, his arm angles, what he's done to progress from year one to year two. And he's shown that in training camp so far. I'm not reading into him carving up some future UPS worker. If it happens in September, though, I'll be happy about it. As of right now, though, it's not good or bad. It's what it should be at this point. You know, it's funny. A quick aside. You just used the, the phrase, treat them with kid gloves, right? I used to think for the longest time that it was kit gloves, K-I-T. <clears throat> and it wasn't until, <clears throat> excuse me, that I married a ranch girl that I learned that, no, 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 it's kid gloves. I'm like, kid gloves? What are kid gloves? And it has something to do with, like, they De- used to delicate. make, they, they used to, yeah, they used to make leather gloves out of kit. A kid is a baby goat. It's kind of sad, but they used to make gloves. I'm sure they still do, but it was more a part of the culture back in the day with that hide and it was soft. You only brought them out for formal, you know, scenarios and balls and this and that uh, ladies wore them. And so if you were to say, we're treating them with kid gloves, you're it's like handling something messy with your Sunday best on basically for that's just a quick aside, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's exciting at this stage. You just want to hear that Drew Locke is doing the things that he's supposed to be doing. The returns that you expect to hear from a guy that we all think at this stage is is the genuine article, those returns are coming in the way they're supposed to come in. Now, Zach, the other th- uh, story that I want to get your thoughts on here, and then we'll get back to the chat stream, is the offensive line basically got pumped on Sunday. They were made to look a fool. The starting center that they rotated in for day two was Pat Morris. Now, day one on Friday, it was Austin Schlotman, and it is Schlotman. We've been mispronouncing it on this show, calling him Schlotman. It's actually Schlotman. But nevertheless, he was the starting center, the first team center, I should say, on Friday. Then it was Morris yesterday. Today, again, it wasn't Cushenberry. It was Schlotman, and the offensive line played a lot better. Now, I think, in all fairness, they, they, their pride was on, uh, on the line, so to speak, and I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Munchak showed them some really sketchy film yesterday, and so they got their dander up and turned in a better performance. But how much do you think that might have to do, Zach, with the fact that it's Schlotman? Should we start considering Schlotman more of a factor for this center position? Because in two of the three first initial practices, it's him getting a seat at the table. So far, Cushenberry has not been able to get off the second team. See, nothing in training camp or the NFL in general to me is very black and white. Everything is gray. Everything is fluid. Everything is ambiguous. So yesterday, if the Broncos uh, defense lit up the offense and lit up the offensive line, the next day the Broncos O-line comes back and responds, it's just the ebbs and the flows of training camp. It's like this every single season. Maybe Schlotman's better than Patrick Morris, but there's a reason they drafted Cushenberry in the third round. There's a reason why they needed another center on the roster. It's good to have a backup and a guy that Mike Munchak can feel comfortable plugging into center if anything should happen, but he's still not the best center on the roster. And just because they looked a little better today than yesterday doesn't mean that they don't have to play Cushenberry. 
It really does come back to, you know, the coach's posture. They have to maintain their credibility. They favor the veterans early on. And, and basically, when you say it's someone's job to lose, they let those guys lose the job. Meanwhile, you got Cushenberry plugging away on the second team. The problem is the longer they, they spin their wheels, the longer they waste time and just biting the bullet and getting the guy in with the first team, you know, it's really is wasted time. This is an opportunity, even though Drew Locke kind of downplayed it today, saying that, look, you know, wh- however that position resolves, if it's Cush, if it's Schlott, he would never say that. anything else. Yeah, he's that. not going to say anything else. He's like, look, w- as long as we have like five days notice before the season opener, you know, we're going to be good. It's basically his, to paraphrase him today. I, I have to disagree because he's saying platitudes. As Zach just said, Drew Locke is saying the things that he's going to say because he can't be seen to be favoring anybody. These are all his teammates. And at right. some point, any one of them could be the difference between him taking one on the chin or not uh, in a real game with live bullets. So I think Cushenberry, it's, you know, he's eventually going to get his opportunity, but it's probably not going to come for another another few days at least. They're They're letting this thing shake out. And if he continues – I haven't heard a lot either way about Cushenberry so far, to be honest with you, but he's holding it down on second team so far. And if he continues to play consistently, the coaches will have to give him an opportunity, especially if you have these spotty days where the O-line is a sieve and it's coming from the middle of the, of the unit. You hit on this in your previous point that if they had preseason, it's one thing. They can kind of experiment and play around and use different configurations. They don't have preseason. Every rep you take right now is a rep for the regular season for week one when the bullets do count and the bullets start flying for real. So Cushenberry is more than likely going to be your starter. You drafted him to be a starter. Why not get him in with your starters and let him build chemistry with your franchise quarterback? I sat on yesterday's pod and I, I was hopeful that maybe today he gets some work with the ones, but it didn't happen. And DeMar Dotson either. I don't know what the Broncos are waiting and playing around with their offensive line like it's not crucial to Drew Locke's success. It doesn't matter who they have out there at receiver chat if they can't block for Locke. We've we've learned that the last four years. It's absolutely true. We got Cody Potter jumping in, one of our superstars, really consistent. Thank lately. you, Cody. Appreciate you, Cody. Very generous. He says, did you catch Mike Florio and Chris Sims giving Locke and the Broncos high praise? They predicted 11 and 5. Wow, that surprises me. Locke, 4,500 yards passing. <clears throat> I guess DraftKings had Locke's over under on yardage at 3,450 3, yards. I'm slamming the over. Same. I'm taking that over all day long, too. I mean, last year in 12 starts under Pat Shermer and Mike Shula, Daniel Jones got over 3,000 yards passing. Uh, I want to say it was 3,200 yards. If I'm not mistaken, I can Google that real quick. But I'm guessing that Drew Locke with a full slate of 16 games with those same coaches being Drew Locke and not being Daniel Jones is going to get over that over under the DraftKings hat. But Zach, it does surprise me because Florio has always been one of those skeptics when it comes to the Broncos. Yeah, 34.50, first of all, that's like 215 yards a game. He's going to get well over that. I'd say closer to 4,000 than 3,400. 4,500, though, a little optimistic in my book. Uh, that would have to be the year of Drew Locke. And if they, it is the year of Drew Locke, then they would go 11-5. and five. So, you know, a, as negative and as uninformed as Florio could be, he's really like the new – not the new profile pro football focus, but a very hot takey clickbaity kind of uh, media outlet. If he's saying this again, it's exciting. It's encouraging. It's positive, but we shouldn't get happy because someone's praising the Broncos. We shouldn't be happy and excited and uh, surprised 
because a national pundit is giving the Broncos a compliment. This is how it should be. And the more that come around, it's just going to add up to what the norm will be after this season. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. By the way, <clears throat> unfortunately, this the service we use to stream, which is StreamYard, it shows us when a super chat comes in on YouTube, but it's not showing us the same on Facebook Live, so we can't display it. But I just real quick, Zach, I want to shout out Joseph Semadeni and uh, Gerald Hendy's one of our supporters. Both of them sent in some stars on uh, this live stream. So thank you guys. We really do appreciate you. It means a lot to us, and it all adds up and helps a lot. Trust. So thank you. Uh, Jason Babcock on Facebook, speaking of our community over there, he says, my concern is the carries between Gordon and Lindsay. I hope these two put team first, not me. You know, right now it's all about a battle for supremacy. And so in that sense, it's going to, it's going to feel a little like it's about me when you're talking about either one of these guys, but once you get to the regular season and it's about wins, I think that's all going to fade away and people are going to forget or not remember is a better way to say it. It's not going to be on the front of fans minds. The fact that these two are battling it out, but Zach, for what it's worth so far, Philip Lindsay, he's getting that first carry of practice. That's, that's how it's shaken out so far. He's still the first seat at the table. And like it, he talked about, you know, whatever it was about a month before camp started, he's like, look, it doesn't matter who they bring in. It doesn't matter if they pay somebody else. They got to get through me. And that is, quote, very hard to do. He is out there playing with passion. He's a guy that wants to prove a little something, something every time he touches the ball. And Melvin Gordon's still kind of getting his bearings. I mean, we, we heard from Melvin Gordon, uh, was it Sunday? Yeah, it was yesterday. And he talked about how he's still getting used to the altitude. Homeboy, he's still getting used to the altitude, Zach. So, yeah, right now, I think there's some obvious separation because Lindsey has the benefit of incumbency. He's born and raised in Colorado and all that stuff. But uh, we'll see. A couple more weeks, things will start settling a little more. But I I'm, have seen nothing yet, Zach, to dissuade me from what I've been telling our listeners this entire time. Lindsey's going to be the 1A. Nominal starter on game day. And Gordon's going to probably lead in terms of more touches – rushes, catches. He might end up with more touches, but Philip Lindsay will remain the nominal starter. 
maybe he'd be acclimated to Denver if he got into Denver earlier than what a month ago. He had weeks and weeks and weeks to get to True. Colorado and just didn't do it. And who is the better team player here? You mean the guy that held out into the regular season last year or the undrafted guy who's making peanuts this season, worked his way up from the fifth string on the depth chart, and now he's a homegrown uh, star in Denver at least. I'm with you, Chet. We've been saying this literally since the moment Gordon was signed. He will take the football out of Lindsey's hands when he can pry it out of Lindsey's cold, dead grip. It's not going to happen so easily, and Lindsey is motivated and pissed off this year, and that's exactly what the Broncos wanted, uh, maybe indirectly, out of him, to be that different kind of player, that alpha mentality. It's going to take a lot for Gordon to unseat uh, Philip Lindsey. If I had my way, Chad, if I had my call and my prediction, I think Lindsey will end up with more yards this year from scrimmage than Melvin Gordon. I w- it would not surprise me. Honestly, when it comes to Philip Lindsay and excelling in the league, nothing surprises me anymore. I mean, this is a guy that has overcome every single obstacle. And despite an injury, despite a relatively diminutive size, despite outright, I don't want to call it disrespect, but disrespectful overtures by a front office, at least this past offseason, saying, yeah, we're going to look at go ahead and giving him an extension and then going out and paying $16 million to Melvin Gordon. Despite all that stuff. He finds a way to get the job done, produce, and it's just his mentality. So I can't put anything past him. Uh, Big E Bronco in the house on YouTube wants to know, uh, and I want to parlay this into a question here from Gabriel on Facebook. Big E says, can Jake Butt be one of those players who goes on the practice squad to prove himself? And then in tandem with that, Zach, Gabriel Guerrero on Facebook wants to know who's the odd man out at tight end because he hears Butt is making some plays. So, that could very well be a solution for Jake Butt because six of those – now the practice squad has grown from it traditionally being 10 guys. Now there's it's 16 because of the pandemic amendments that the NFL and NFLPA made right before camp started. And six of those slots, Zach, can be veteran guys. Now in Jake Butt's case, I'm, I don't know. Honestly, I'm not a scholar when it comes to practice, scho- uh, practice squad rules and, and the bylaws and all that stuff. But even if he was out of – practice squad eligibility entering his fourth year now, which I don't think he is, but if he was, they could keep him on the practice squad as one of those six veterans and continue to just kind of keep an eye on him. But the problem is, Zach, if you do that, that's assuming the Broncos would risk him to the waiver wire because, look, if you anyone you try to put on the practice squad has to first pass through waivers. That hasn't changed. Well, can you imagine, though, what the national uh, you know, reputation is to uh, Jake Butt? If the Broncos are looked at as what they are, what is Jake Butt, Chad? Coming off four knee surgeries and being perpetually injured, even if he's on the practice squad, I don't think he's at risk of being stolen, though that's the, the surer way of him staying in Denver. It, to make the final roster, you have three guys locked in already, Fan, Vanette, and Alberto. I mean, those are locks right there. If they keep four, it comes down to Beck versus Fumagalli, uh, versus Jake Butt. Fumagalli right now is looking like the odd man out because Beck at least has yeah. versatility and Butt is making plays. Fumagalli hasn't done anything, Chad, to this point. He's yeah. kind of a one-dimensional player. So to answer the question right now, the guy on the outside looking in is definitely Troy. And not only that, but uh, what we heard today from Coach Fangio, well, the news broke over the weekend that Austin Fort, you know, he's going to have to have an arthroscopic procedure on his knee. Now, remember, Austin Fort, un- undrafted rookie out of Wyoming, made some waves. <clears throat> Eric Trickle was told last summer that he had basically made the team when already when he suffered that injury. Long story short, missed all year with the ACL tear. Working back on a very stacked tight end depth chart, and then he had a setback, tweaked his knee, and he's going to miss. Today we learned from Fangio, it's a four- to eight-week recovery. So 
<clears throat> unfortunately for Fort, that basically removes him from the equation in 2020. So it really does. I, I agree with you on that, Zach. <clears throat> if you're looking for the odd man out, it comes down to Fumagalli, Butt, or Beck. And of the of that trio, I'm inclined to uh, say it's it's got to be Fumagalli. Glenn wants to wants us to shout out his seven year old Zoe. What's good, Zoe? Your dad is a very passionate Broncos fan. It sounds like you are too. If you're one of these cute gals here in the uh, profile pic your dad has on YouTube, so shout out to you and uh, have a good night. All right. Also, we got uh, Joseph here. <clears throat> who I shouted out earlier for throwing us some stars on Facebook. Then he jumps over onto YouTube and uh, hits us with a super chat. Really appreciate that, Joseph. He says, MHH is my jam. Is there anything new with Hamler walking off the field? Hashtag state of being. Yes. The good news is Hamler returned to practice today, full participant, no issues. Didn't get any additional insight from Fangio on what that was, what was going on with Hamler yesterday, but it was not so much a false alarm, but just, precautionary that they kept him off the field. He was back full participant today, Zach. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. These things are going to happen in training camp. And in fact, the Broncos were luckier and NFL teams were luckier. They haven't had more season ending injuries, Chad, considering there's no off season. There was a very uh, quick and hurried acclimation period. So it's good about Hamler. They have to keep an eye on him though, because he is a little more slender. He is more susceptible to getting injured, but uh, good news for now. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. We got Pobby in the house, one of our superstars, wow. showing us some love. Really appreciate you. you, Pobby. On YouTube, on Facebook, she supports what we're doing here. And she says, so excited for football. Go Broncos. And yeah, man, it's less, it's less than a month away. And it can't get here soon enough. At least we have the real 
real practice taking shape at training camp. So storylines are coming every single day, and that's what we all live for. I feel like we've gotten this comment every single day since the season ended last year with Drew Locke and the Broncos offense, and I couldn't be more excited, Chad. That is literally one month away. Yep, we're sharing a brain with you on that, Bobby, all of us. Uh, Mundungus, the wizard, the whiz <laughs> in the his, jumping in, showing some love, oh, and bringing up what I mentioned last night about Chris Harris's laugh. Ever heard a camel trying to swallow a stone? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Chris Harris's laugh sounds like. And yeah, it's a very kind of gorky, I'm gonna, goofy, I'm gonna almost like that. a, you know, Disney's goofy, kind of like just a really, it, but I can only imagine in person, you know, that's obviously a very infectious. And I think uh, his teammates do love Chris Harris, but appreciate you, Wiz. Uh, Broncos fan <clears throat> number 24 on YouTube, wow. our friend Larry. On Twitter. Thank you, Larry. An extremely, extremely generous super chat. Thank you, Larry. We love you, buddy. And it's good to have you in the stream live with us here. He says, love you guys. Even though Locke is the guy, I love listening to how much Zach dislikes Flacco. So hilarious. Zach, how much do you dislike Joe Flacco? You know what? Now that he's not on the Broncos anymore, I kind of like, like bygones be bygones. But, Chad, come on. Coming off Paxton Lynch and Case Keenum, having him be the understood franchise quarterback, I hated him, but I also hated the Broncos' decision to bring him in. I'm just happy we don't have to worry about that. No more Band-Aids, no more temporary statues in the pocket. We have a franchise guy, so I'm focusing on that aspect. What's funny last year is that you know I, I maintain an optimistic kind of perspective on Flacco, and – until basically I wanted to see what it, how it came out in the wash. First week, I didn't love it. Broncos got trounced by the Raiders. I'm like, all right, we'll see. Two weeks in, <clears throat> by three weeks in, the Broncos are just dropping games, and he's looking slow. He's looking like he's 60 years old out there, not feeling the rush, just no energy, a completely dead offense. And finally I was like, look, I just got to spit the truth on this and took a lot of flack for – Basically, from that point until the Broncos finally sat him down after week eight with the neck injury, um, <laughs> um, you know, took some flack for that. So, Zach, though, got to give him credit. He was anti-Flacco from the moment that deal was made, questioning that from uh, from the franchise. Brian Greenfield, BG in the house. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate you, my friend. Giving some love here to Pobby. He calls her the princess of MHH. Hey, maybe that'll stick. That works. Yep. We got Christy as the queen and Pobby as the princess. And we, maybe there can be multiple uh, female <laughs> royalty in this community. That's how we view it anyway. That's awesome, though. Appreciate you, BG. Yeah. All right. Um, the stream just did a jump on me, John, for what it's worth. So I'm going to scroll back up and get to – looks like Ben is the last – is the next one that I have access to. So – um, I'm trying to think today on – so we got a question yesterday. We'll, we'll grab Edward. Keep him on there, John. We'll grab him as soon as I get this off my off my noggin here. We got a question yesterday about Justin Sternod, and he is continuing to be on the second team. I saw it today and was told today. So your first team, linebackers, no surprise, Todd Davis, Alexander Johnson. And by the way, on that topic here tonight, before we get out of here, I want to get your thoughts on something Fangio said about Alexander Johnson and what he needs to do to become even better and build on what he did last year. But those are your first team linebackers. Second team is Josie Jewell and Justin Sternod. So for what it's worth, but is that any surprise to you, Zach? 
No, not at all. I think that's how it's going to shake out until proven otherwise, Chad. And he has to really, if they're going to make DeMar Dotson and, and, and Cushenberry work to, to earn their jobs, that's what they're going to do for most of these rookie players. They have the veterans that are the incumbents. They have the guys that are set in stone. You know what about Todd Davis? I've trashed him a lot, but at least he has veteran leadership. He's great against the run. He knows the defense. You could do worse for now than having Todd Davis as your ILB next to AJ Johnson. Edward Keating in the house. Uh, he hasn't gotten his hat yet. Dang it. What the heck? Uh, appreciate the super. As always, my friend, Thank I'll you, have to check on the tracking number on that because <clears throat> I actually mailed that on Monday. Got to find out what's up. Maybe I got the address wrong. I hope not. But he says, I'm so happy football is back. Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag state of being. Thanks for everything, Chad and Zach. Much love. Edward, appreciate your long suffering on this hat thing, my friend. I space it for a week. Then we put it in the mail and it's taking an inordinate amount of time to get to you. So we will get to the bottom of it. We will rectify it. You will get your hat. Much love to you, my friend. Really appreciate you. Um, John, do you have Terry and, and Mundungus right before Ben? Thank you. Terry Randall up north jumping in again. Thank you, Terry. Thank you. <clears throat> he says, Buck could play end and guard, tight end and guard. Sit at the end of the bench and guard the water bottles. Hashtag Broncos world. <laughs> so it sounds like Terry's more uh, in your line of th- thinking and not so much line of thinking, but more skeptical that that Jake Butt's going to amount to anything as opposed to my still maintaining that silver lining kind of perspective on old Jake Butt. God, I've been reading Mark's comments so long. I thought that said water bowls, not water bottles. <laughs> it made sense too. George. Good to see you, my friend. Glad you're able to check in with us. He says, hey, guys, I'm at work. Can't wait to see the show when I get home. Just thought I'd pop in to say a quick hello. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life and hashtag let them hate. Good to see you, my brother. Thank you, George. John, you got the wizard. Thank you. He says, hey, (laughs) thanks again for the donation, Mike. says, hey, stick with bold, Mark. (laughs) Hashtag Captain (laughs) No Hair is mine. (laughs) We got the comedians waging war in the super chat. Got to love it. Um, also, strong. also, uh, and both of you, your material. Hey, man, it, if it makes us laugh, if it makes us smile, you got some A material. So props to you both. That's right. Uh, ben Roth jumping in. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you, Ben. I'm, I'm with you. I hope Jake Butt makes the team. And here's why I say that. Jake Butt, when Drew Locke says he's one of the best teammates and he's loved in the locker room, that's absolutely true. A lot of the other stuff he said you could qualify as platitudes, but every – one I've talked to in that locker room and everyone that is close to that situation. Jake Butt is just a guy that, similar to Dalton Reisner, just the type of leader and guy that everyone loves and gravitates to. The problem for Butt is that he just hasn't been able to do the second half of that equation, which is prove it on the grass because he's been hurt. And that goes back to what Zach's saying. You know, it might sound negative to some of you out there, but you can't make the club from the tub. And again, three years so far, he's only been able to appear in three games. So it's probably wise not to get our hopes up if you're if you're a Jake Butt fan out there. But I'm with you, Ben, that I do hope that he manages to stay healthy and can make an impact this year and get on this roster and make the team. Because even if he doesn't go on to have a huge impact this year, Zach, it's a contract year for him. And even if the Broncos don't bring it back, which, by the way, if Jake Butt, this is a bold prediction, if Jake Butt makes this roster – my prediction is the Broncos re-sign him next year and bring him back on a really team-friendly deal. And I think he'll take that because he wants to repay the Broncos for their for their patience. But nevertheless, Zach, I concur with Ben. Hope Jake Butt makes the team. 
three games in three years. I, I mean, does that not say it all, Chad? That's pretty terrible when you think about that. And the second half of that equation is actually being on the field and being healthy and suiting up for football. That's pretty important. Again, good player, good guy, good stock, you know, good lineage coming from Michigan. But until he can just literally just catch passes on the field and stay healthy and contribute, it's all fluff. We got KP in the house. Appreciate you, my friend, as always. He says, please, Broncos, put a thumping on in week three. That's the Tampa Bay game. The bandwagoners in the networks are blowing these ancient bucks up. Hashtag worst fan base ever in Florida. Yeah, I can only imagine, Zach, that they're becoming the Patriots South now. You know, wherever Tom Brady goes, naturally, you're going to get the bandwagon fans there. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, Look, how many people came to become key cogs in Broncos country because Peyton Manning showed up here, followed Peyton Manning to Denver, and then remained big-time Broncos fans or were turned on to football and, and it had their passion for football ignited because of Peyton Manning. So if Tom Brady does that for the Bucks, you know, they haven't had a whole heck of a lot to celebrate in their existence outside of one year with John Gruden, that phenomenal defense. So, you know, I'll tip my cap to him, but – I do uh, concur with you, KP. We hope that uh, that ends up in a butt whooping for the Bucks in week three when they come to Denver. Yeah, living in Florida for a good chunk of my life, that is the worst sports state around. So I, I would not be surprised at all if there's so many new, uh, pa- not Patriots fans, Tom Brady fans and Bucks, Tampa Brady, Tampa Bay, whatever freaking name you want to use for that team. I wouldn't be surprised if these fans didn't even know where he played his college ball at, Chad. That Florida fans are the worst. Not to go on a tangent right now, um, but huge bandwagon cities there. And when he retires, they're all go back to uh, being uh, irrelevant, I should say. Miller707, good to see you as well, my friend. Welcome to the stream. It's not the same without you, my dog. You know this. Also, shout out to Eclipse Stormborn, bona fide superstar. We're going to get Eclipse back on the show here in the very near future. He says, I'm in the room with a bunch of Eagles fans listening to this in my earphones. Love it. Appreciate you, dog. That's very brave. I know what Broncos are not obviously arch rivals of the Eagles, but anything that's not about the birds in that city of brotherly love, man, you're taking a risk. So props to you, my friend. All right, let me see here. Uh, grab Cody showing some extreme generosity, jumping back in wow. on Super Chat. Thank Appreciate you Cody. you, Cody. And Cody, are you on Twitter? Answer that question. If so, let us know what your handle is. Reach out. Let's connect. He says, I still don't understand how KC – was able to extend these players the way they did. I'm not sure how much cap they need to make before opening day. Real question is, are the Broncos next five years better than KC's next five years? That is the question. That's a good way to kind of frame the narrative moving forward, Zach, is can the Broncos next five years eclipse that of the Chiefs? And it remains to be seen. It's going to be a tall task. It's not one that I think all all the other 30 teams – do not envy, well, I should say, because you got the Raiders and you've got the Chargers. So we'll say three quarters of the league. Do not envy the task of these other AFC West teams because the Chiefs, let's face it, they're a juggernaut. But this Broncos team, man, there's some energy. There's some swag. There's some buzz. And it all comes down to Drew Locke. If he ends up being the real deal, the genuine article, and we think that there's good reason to believe that he will, then it all becomes a moot point. And these are going to be teams that can truly tr- kind of trade blows as – real peers, not just, you know, Broncos haven't beaten them since week two of 2015. 
took the words right from me. It, it absolutely comes down to the quarterback. Uh, the Broncos have the better defense. They have, you know, pieces on offense too. They have firepower just like the Chiefs do. But the Chiefs right now have the coaching and Andy Reid and, of course, the quarterbacking with Patrick Mahomes. If Locke takes a few steps forward and can be on – not the level of Patrick Mahomes because no one is Chad. He's just the premier quarterback right now. But approaching that level, they can go hand in hand with Kansas City. And until that happens, though, I can't sit here and predict the Broncos are going to usurp. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. The Chiefs. It's going to take a lot. They are what they are for a reason right now. So unless Mahomes gets injured or takes a step back, which is not going to happen, or Locke just develops way ahead of schedule, uh, that's the only way it's going to go down. In terms of the salary cap, though, it's a myth. They can be finessed. It can be massaged. And Brett Veach, the Chiefs GM, has done a great job. Mahomes deal doesn't even kick in, chat until 2022. They locked down two of their linchpins in Kelsey and Chris Jones. Just a great job by the Chiefs this offseason. But in terms of competing with them on the field, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. As Zach is wont to say, the salary cap, it's not that it's not real, but there is very much a mythical creation. <clears throat> There's so many ways teams can massage the cap and defer payments and you know, it's just if there's a will, there's a way. And all we can take away from that, Zach, is the is that for whatever reason, the will did not exist. The platitudes were there by the by John Elway and company this offseason, but the will to get a deal done and keep Justin Simmons long term, it wasn't there. My only interpretation of that is that they want to see him do it again. I don't think it had to do with uncertain times and, and potential revenue. Uh you know, windfalls or shortfalls, I should say, and all that. I think it really came down to, look, he's asking for serious money. He's asking for 14, 15 K, maybe even more. We want to see him do it again. He was a three-year starter. Yes. 
but only one of those years did he really play at a Pro Bowl, all pro level. We want to see him do it again. Uh, Dave Georgia, Dave, Dave from Georgia, jumping in. Good to see you, my friend. We love it when you're able to join us in the chat stream and appreciate your support as always. He says, how is next year's salary cap affected by this year? Does it go down? Dave, the answer to that is we don't know yet. The one thing we do know about next year's salary cap is it was pre-negotiated between the NFLPA and the NFL on the doorstep of training camp that regardless of what revenues do this year, so fan attendance is just non-existent or significantly diminished, and revenues fall dramatically. The salary cap can drop no farther next year than $175 million. So that gives plenty of money for most teams to do what they need to do. There's, there, are, there will be some teams that will be affected by it and are going to have to wiggle around and you know, make some restructures and some cuts, but that's the only thing we know. But it could end up being more than that, Zach. It could end up being still north of $200 million. We just don't know yet until we really see how this season takes shape with regard to fan attendance. The revenues are going to continue to rock with regard to the TV contracts. Billions of dollars will roll in. Uh, we'll see how, if, if they can come up with some unique ways to make streaming the games a lot easier for fans out there. There are a lot of different ways they can spin this in, a, in an advan- uh, advantageous way, but we just don't quite yet know how that's going to shake out. Of all the major sports leagues, though, the NFL is in the best position financially, uh, within the, the you know socially and the fan bases. I think they're in the best position going forward. And you know, some teams like the Chiefs are going to have limited attendance. The Cowboys limited attendance. Some of these teams will make up for the revenue losses, not as much as in a, in a normal year, one hundred percent attendance. But it all goes into a pot that the NFL splits. I wouldn't say evenly, but it's a multi-billion-dollar pot. They're going to make a lot of money this year, and if the cap goes down in 2021, it's going to be, in my opinion, negligible. It's not going to be this huge hundred million-dollar loss. It's going to be a little bit of the after-effect of CV, but not anything that's going to change the game or prevent teams from signing players next year. We're going to have a lot more normalcy come January or even November 4th, depending on what you believe, than than we do right now. Greg Smith, shout out to you, my friend. Thanks for joining us. We got uh, Jerry on Facebook, one of our supporters, with a good question here. Any thoughts on stadium capacity? I'm sure you heard, as as Zach just alluded to, great timing, Kansas City is going with 22% capacity. That's got to be good for us. It's only good for the Broncos if the state goes ahead and acquiesces to the Broncos, who are going to ask, I'm sure. The Broncos trust – I mean, they are – lobbying they're campaigning to try and find a way to convince the state that you know they can bring fans in even at a limited capacity unfortunately we don't know yet that's another thing we just don't know yet zach the governor in colorado jared polis is i think a very common sense for the most part rational politician and i think that if he can be made to really have confidence that the broncos have i mean based on what that facility, what they've done at UC Health Training Center to preventative measures with regard to the word that shall go unmentioned. I can only imagine that what they can do with the stadium as well. So I'm betting that uh, with some other ducks kind of falling across the country in terms of other teams announcing and letting a limited capacity in, I feel, I'm not going to put a number on it, Zach, but I feel cautiously optimistic that the Broncos are going to be able to have a fraction of their capacity, but some capacity at the very least this year. 
Yeah, it's it's a question that's tough to answer because every every team is beholden to their state's governors and legislation and and things like that. It's not just about football. In terms of the Broncos, though, I think they're among the teams that have done the best to curtail CV and keep their spread slower, and they've done great jobs and great sanitary practices and great social distancing. And if they can just keep that up for another couple of weeks. They'll get, I think the magic number chat is about 20%. No team is going to get about 40, 50, 60, 70%. It's about 20 to 25 right now that they can hope for. So I'm with you. I think by opening opening week, week one gets the Titans, you'll see maybe 15, 20% in the crowd. And I'll take that over 0% because it'll feel more like a Broncos home game. Amen. Miller707 says if Gordon and Lindsay have similar stats after next season and they both look good, who does Denver keep? I would think Lindsay, but you never know. Well, for what it's worth, Zach, both are under team control through 2021. So after this season, Philip Lindsay will become, <clears throat> excuse me, a restricted free agent. And then Gordon will be entering his second year, uh, that's year two of the two year contract that he signed. So it's not until after 2021 that the Broncos have to decide which of the two they keep. But let's say the question is regarding 2021. If they both have similar stats, <clears throat> I think the Broncos. In that case, Zach, it would mean that, that Gordon probably failed to surprise, surprise, cash in on – not cash in, but justify that contract, and they probably throw some money Philip Lindsay's way. Chad, you and I were asked on Twitter last night if both of them show out this year, would they pay both running backs? And I said no, hard no. It's a devalued position in the NFL, and for the Broncos to pay into that is irresponsible when you have Cortland Sutton needing a contract soon, Simmons, Locke, Fan, I mean, Bradley Chubb go down the list, Von Miller. They cannot pay two running backs. It's questionable they even paid Melvin Gordon what they did so far. All things being equal, I don't honestly, I don't know who they're going to go with. I think they're going to have to make a decision, a fork in the road moment. Um, I like Lindsay. I think he's a younger, obviously younger. I think he has more upside in what he can do. Um, if he can prove that he can carry the rock figuratively and literally as the workhorse, he will get a contract next offseason. Is that enough, though, to make Gordon expendable or get him off the roster? I don't know just yet. Yep. Remains to be seen. Zeus McPeak in the house. Down in Texas, showing us some love on Super Chat. Appreciate you, my brother, and everything you mean to this community. And not just the show, not just the content, not just the hosts, but to the community. Love you, buddy. Hope everything's going okay with your move, and you know we appreciate you. We are at the 53-minute mark, Zach, so let's start moseying through. We don't want to leave any of our superstars out in the cold. But real quick, Johnny Utah 4 on Twitter wants to know, what do you think the Broncos' record will be this season? So this isn't – you know, we've – shared this at differing points in our podcasting off-season programming. Obviously, John at Utah, he missed some of these previous episodes where we've revealed our, our way-too-early predictions. My way-too-early prediction is 11-5, and five, which is very rosy-colored prediction. Both Zach and I – Zach, I'll let you share yours, but both Zach and I are going to tender a, a on the doorstep of the season an actual prediction we want you to hold us to. So for now, though, it's 11 and 5, and then stay tuned at the end of training camp. We'll unveil our, our official predictions for 2020. Yeah, I'm going uh, 10 and 6. I think that's a fair record for Denver. I think 9 and 7 is the floor, is the baseline, and that's way better than in years past. Uh, they're going to be a double digit win team, a playoff team, probably wild card. They're going to make a lot of noise this season. So for now, until we, we you know update otherwise, like Chad just said, I'm going 10 and 6. Yeah, for what it's worth, Benjamin, on Facebook, what do y'all think about Hamler burning Devontae Harris? He has uh, – I've seen a lot of Devontae Harris on the losing end of, of some big plays in training camp through three days. 
and Hamler. I've seen Judy burn him. I've seen Yadam get burned. Not, I mean, you know, it's, it's going to happen in training camp. But so far, Yadam, though, got rotated back in today after Bosby was put in as the third corner yesterday. It was Yadam that was getting those number three reps today. So they're still playing with it. Fangio talked a little bit about it after practice, said it's way too early to, to shout out a leader in the clubhouse for that number three corner. So they're still going to continue to rotate. Draft pedigree plays a role in this. But, Zach, I wouldn't be surprised if Devontae Harris doesn't make this roster. I'll be, I'll be frank with you at this stage. After he got his ankles broken, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either, Chad. I mean, he's the odd man out of that backfield. And it's sad because they have an opportunity for him to step up and take hold. They don't really have some locked-in players behind their starters. A lot of younger guys like Duke Dawson and Yadam, but um, him falling on his behind like that is not a good sign for his roster prospects. So I'm actually expecting him to get chopped at Final Cuts. Mizzou fan for life. He says he's a huge lock fan and he loves our show. Well, we love you too. And he is stoked. He's predicting 4,000-plus passing yards, 30-plus touchdowns, and less than 10 interceptions. We love the enthusiasm. And... uh yeah, we love him, man. Um, Chris Hernandez, bona fide superstar and Facebook supporter. We got to come up with, you know, Facebook doesn't allow you to call it anything else, but we got to come up with a cooler name than supporter for our Facebook community that's showing us the love over there. But that's a topic for another time. Chris, appreciate you, bro. We look forward to talking to you next Wednesday, not this Wednesday, next Wednesday. He says, I liked hearing that the D was dominating the offense. It helps them learn from a stout defense and should make both sides better. It's good to hear today was improved. So, Zach, yeah, I would agree with Chris here that it's helping to definitely make, you know, that's that's the whole point of training camp, iron sharpens iron. Yeah, and you know what? Like I said yesterday, at this stage of the offseason, especially in this kind of offseason, the defense is always ahead of the offense. It's just the way it goes. It's easier to install, and uh, they're usually ahead of the curve by now. But the offense is catching up. They had a rebound day today. The, the, the quarterback, obviously, lock looked better. The offensive line held up more. You're going to see these ebbs and flows, but the defense beating up on the offense, like Chad just said, is only going to make the offense better. You want Locke to go against the top-flight competition because he's not going to face the Broncos week in and week out in the regular season. And he's going to face inferior opponents. And if he can handle the Broncos defense, the logic being he can handle most other defenses in the NFL. John, do you have Jeff? And do you have, thank you. Um, the next one for me is BG again, for what it's worth. So Jeff C, jumping in, our friend, superstar as well. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. He says, Sutton, Judy, and Hamler equal the new three amigos. Hashtag orange crush. Yeah, that uh, dates you a little bit, Jeff. That dates you a little bit like me, my friend. I was a child of the 80s, so I know exactly who the three amigos are. And a lot of you watching right now, probably most of you right now listening, you know exactly who we're talking about. Mark Jackson, Vance, jo- uh, I almost said Vance Joseph, Vance Johnson, and Ricky Natil. You know, for them not really being that prolific statistically, it's surprising how much the legend of the, of the three amigos have, have lasted in the zeitgeist of Broncos country. I can only hope that. This trio, Zach, has similar staying power, but I hope they produce at a higher level in terms of the stats. I, I think Johnson only had one or 2,000-yard seasons. I could be wrong. I, I can research that. And Jackson, now, now I'm, I'm going to have to research it. But bottom line, I hope this trio can have some of that same sizzle that the old trio did. 
Yeah, and it uh, it reminds me of a tweet I saw today. Actually, I responded to on Twitter that Pro Football Focus put out that Jerry Judy had 17 career touchdowns against single coverage. Uh, that's the number one among the draft class wide receivers in 2020. And what I wrote is, if you double co- cover Cortland Sutton, you're leaving Judy open. You cover, you know, Judy, you're leaving Sutton open. You, co- you double cover both of them, you're leaving Hamler and Fan and Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay open. The Broncos have so many weapons for a young, gunslinging franchise quarterback. It's so exciting. Whatever title, title want to put on them, nickname, alias, whatever, it's finally here. It's finally tangible. It's finally happening that the Broncos have an offense we can get behind, Chad. And that's what I'm excited about. For what it's worth, of the three amigos, only one ever posted a 1,000-yard receiving season, and it was Vance uh, Johnson. I almost said Joseph again, dang Vance Johnson in uh, 1989, he had 76 receptions for 1,095 yards. Mark Jackson got close one year. And for those of you who need some help picturing Mark, he was the guy that caught that iconic throw from Elway on on uh, the drive that brought the Broncos back to tie the game that freaking fastball heater that Elway threw in the red zone that was Mark Jackson he wore number 80 he had 926 receiving yards in 1990 the year after Johnson posted his career year and then Ricky Natil the third amigo his most prolific individual season was his rookie year in 1987 so 630 yards couple of touchdowns is all he had so that's what I mean. Now, that was a different era, Zach, where, you know, it was more about rushing the ball. And if a, if a quarterback eclipsed 3,000 yards passing, you know, it was notable. But in this case, I think you're going to see them vastly eclipse that, that level yeah. of production. All right. Drew Hollenbeck, rocking a profile pick that brings a tear to mine and Zach's eye. Love the football priest ha- uh, hat. Loving the MHH face mask, my dog. And, of course, we really appreciate your generosity. Bonafide superstar. True. He says, haven't been here in a while. We have missed you. Got to be honest, my friend. In fact, Zach and I have mentioned it a few times off uh, off air. I wonder where Drew's at. We haven't seen Drew Holland back for a while. Good to have you back, though. He says, good to see you guys. I've always been a fan of Jake Butt, but I understand why people are skeptical. I think he can be a legit game changer. And here's the qualifier, Zach. If healthy. If healthy, do you believe in the talent of Jake Butt, Zach? But – is he healthy? Like Drew Locke alluded to, is he ever going to be the Jake Butt we knew? Is he ever going to be 100%? And if he is 100%, what is his 100%? Is it a normal person's 80%? I mean, that's the thing with Jake Butt. Game changer? What games is a guy coming off three knee surgeries changing, Chad? I just, until I see it, I'm not hating on the guy, but until I see that, I won't believe it. All right, we have an extremely generous super from BG jumping back in. Really appreciate that, wow. Brian means a lot to wow, us, my Brian. friend. You know it. Thank he you. says, I'm pretty sure Zach did not dislike Flacco as much as I did. When I heard we signed him, I threw up a little in my mouth. I was so mad <laughs> that we moved on from Simeon to sign Keenum, and then we signed Flack Fluco, he says here. We went downhill and was paying more money. Ugh. Yeah, it was not a uh, – it was a stretch of quarterbacks, Zach, that you don't write home about, let's face it. That's a very forgettable stretch in Broncos history, but – the good news is you've got a bona fide, legit, dynamic guy, young guy that you drafted as a team that seems to have that it factor. So if he ends up producing this year, all that long-suffering Broncos country went through in the quarterback, you know, wandering the quarterback desert, it'll be water under the bridge. I mean, part of me really hates and, and resents the Broncos for, for bringing him in, not only because he was a Band-Aid, they had they sold it to us like they were getting the 2012 Flacco again. They're getting Flacco 
as this all-star quarterback, and he really never was except for one season in Baltimore. And they made him out to be this savior, and he was anything but that. If they were just honest and said, listen, this is a guy, not outwardly, but this is a guy who's going to come and hold the fort down for a year, it would be less painful. But to trot him out there with that expectation, to have him come out there and have less than zero energy, he was actually a detriment by being on the field. He brought down everyone around him. He was an emotional vampire, chat. That's all Flacco was. And it, you saw when Drew Locke came in, even when Brandon Allen came into the to the team, to the starting lineup, they started winning games. You felt the energy level. You felt the excitement. And when Locke came in, there's a reason why they went 4-1. So I, yep. I blame the Broncos as much as I blame Flacco for that disaster last year. We've talked about it on the podcast during those years so many times. For the longest time, John Elway sincerely seemed to believe that this team was one middle-of-the-road quarterback away from winning it all. Because in 2015, they won it all. They won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning at basically 50% capacity and an elite defense. And even the next year, they won nine games with Trevor Simeon. He convinced That convinced him that this is a team that he could field and would be competitive and compete for playoff domination and all that because the defense was so good and you had veteran talent at wide receiver. You were one middle-of-the-road quarterback away from winning it all. When, in reality, those Peyton Manning type of – I mean, think about it. The world champions who have won it all without elite quarterback play getting them there, the Broncos 2015, Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Chicago Bears, those are the four teams. They are unicorns. They happen every 10, 15 years. I mean, it's not something you can hang your hat on. And let's just be glad John Elway eventually realized that, and now he's got true luck. Uh, Ron Dub jumping in, bona fide superstar that always brings the good questions. He says, hey, guys, besides Judy and Cush, which rookie is crucial to the Broncos' success this year? Hashtag locked in, mm. hashtag ready for football. Crucial. You know, I'm not sure there really, besides those two, is one that's crucial. But if I were to throw one in, I would say – probably McTelvin, a gene of all of them, or Ojemudia, one of those two. And not just because they're third-round picks, but because I could see a gene, for example, being that backup to Mike Purcell, because Mike Purcell's only going to play. By the way, we got to hear from Mike Purcell. It was great to talk uh, to, to hear from Mike Purcell today. You only make starters and, you know, real bona fide contributors available to the media in these pressers. And it was really cool to hear from Purcell, but we're running too late to duck, go down that rabbit hole right now. But in a James case, Zach Purcell is going to play about 50% snaps. A James going to get a lot of opportunities to come in on, on sub uh, packages and rush from the zero, the one tech, maybe the three tech we'll see. And I think he could end up, you know, providing three to five sacks in a rotational role in terms of the ceiling, you know, that would be my ceiling expectation for him. So honestly, Ron, you singled out the only two guys I can really see being crucial to success this year. And even Cush might not necessarily be, be crucial, but nevertheless, if I'm giving you an answer, it's probably a gene. I'm going to go Michael O. And you're right in the sense that no other rookies except for Judy and maybe Cush are crucial to the Broncos' success. But, you know, Ojemudia, they don't have a bona fide cornerback behind the guys. I mean, they have Bryce Callahan coming off an injury, and we don't even know if he's going to stay healthy. We have A.J. Boye. We don't really know what Boye we're getting. He's getting longer in the tooth as well. Uh, they have Bosby, Duke Dawson, Yadam. They have a lot of kind of uh, mid-tier guys, no really superstars. So he has 
potential not to only be a, a long-term staying power in Denver, but being a long-term starter in Denver if he just develops as they should, as he should. So I'm going to say, um, considering the Broncos' defense is predicated on their secondary, Michael Lowe is, is a huge part to their success this year. I like it. I can be swung. Prosperity Inc. jumping in on Super Chat. Really appreciate the support. Not thank a you. name that I recognize often in, in Super Chat, so thank you and welcome. It says, PFF showed a stat that when Philip Lindsay is off the field, the Broncos fall behind the chains at a high rate. Glad we got Gordon to solve that issue. So he likes um, – so, yeah, I mean, it's ironic, right? That's the point of what he's saying here is that when Lindsay's not on the field, the Broncos fall behind the chains. How is Gordon going to necessarily fix that issue? You know, well, what? Uh, what, the, what the Broncos were thinking there. I understand why they were – um, attracted to signing Gordon because of what he can do for you on short yardage, pass catcher out of the backfield and red zone. But I just continue to hate the fact that, look, Lindsey's a star. He's a, he's a guy that when he's on the field, big things tend to happen when he touches the ball and you are taking away from that by then also giving it to Gordon. Yeah, if this was sarcasm in this comment chat, I definitely agree with that. I can't really tell if it was through text, but there's a reason. This is what we've been saying. He's made all the plays as a workhorse. He can run inside. He can run outside. He can catch. He can pass protect. He might not be great at it, but he can do it. I don't think you needed to spend $16 million, 80 a year, to fill in roles that didn't have to be filled, to fix problems that weren't broken. Exactly. Why are you fixing what ain't broke? But, you know, part of it's par for the course in that, NFL players, with the rare exception of quarterbacks, you know, they have to, and, you know, future Hall of Fame guys like Vaughn Miller, they have to prove it every year. I mean, this was something Rod Smith talked about today. He uh, joined Steve Outwater, in fact, timely, Glenn, that you have this question, on the Broncos Media's uh, training camp live um, broadcast earlier. And he talked about, look, that's just life in the NFL. They're constantly bringing in someone who they think might be able to replace you. And it's up to you to prove that they're not going to, or to stave them off or to, you know, keep that job. So Glenn says, how do you like the camp coverage the Broncos are offering us? I'm really enjoying it. Hashtag MHH, hashtag let them hate and hashtag love this team. Yeah, man, so far so good. I mean, it's not quite the same as being there. It's not quite the same as, you know, streaming the entire practice from multiple field angles like some other teams are doing, but I do enjoy the banter uh, between Steve Atwater and his guest hosts, which up to this point have been Orlando Franklin, um, Carl Mecklenburg, and then Rod Smith on on day three. So, so far, so good. And I think for those fans who like to show up traditionally to training camp and catch a couple of practices, it's the next best thing, man. It gives you some access. You get to see some team, team period, usually the second half of those broadcasts so far. I'm just happy we have football this year. It might not be my ideal training camp experience or coverage, Chad, but I'm just happy we have a training camp we have a season to look forward to. KP jumping back in, and we're getting a little bit long, so we got to kind of rapid-fire these, gang. But he says, there's a reason why we have the most consecutive sellout games in a row. Hashtag diehards. True, man. Absolutely true. Broncos country, There's, I think they're unmatched in, in pro sport fan bases. It's like 400 and something games. Eight home games, home games a year. Do the math. Exactly. Hey man, you're preaching to the choir. I mean, the Broncos have been selling out since uh, basically since Pat Bowen took over ownership. So it's really un- almost unprecedented. 
Yeah, you know, we I don't just say this because we have a podcast and we love our audience to have the Broncos truly in, in my, you know, what, four years now covering this team, they truly have the most um, knowledgeable, passionate and loyal uh, fans in the entire sports realm. And that's not a compliment that I, I lay out there lately. It's absolutely true. We got Jake Gerard jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend, as always. Thank you, Jake. He says, I'm starting to buy into this offense way more than I did. I think we're going to score more than we are thinking. 11 and 5 if the O line gels. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to make a qualifier for 11 and 5, the offensive line coming together and playing well, I think is, is a fair, fair pick for that. But yeah, I mean, so far, so good. We said at the top of the show, you know, when you see Drew Locke dominating against twos, you don't want to get too far out over your skis and adulation. You don't want to, you know, get go too crazy over that. But so far, he's doing what he's supposed to do. You know, he, the, the first-string quarterback, the first-team uh, offense, Zach, they're supposed to make the twos look bad. Yeah, you know, I couldn't – I saw a tweet today. I can't remember who said it. It might have been uh, Rick Lewis, but they said it. It comes down to the coaching and the offensive line play, and I agree with that. If, if those things coalesce and those things develop on schedule, they're going to be a, a playoff team this year, and I wouldn't doubt 11-5 and five at all. It all comes down to those two aspects, Chad. Mundungus, the wizard, jumping back in. Appreciate you, my friend. Ten bucks, says Juwan James, opted out because he is on a strict rogue <laughs> regimen. <laughs> That's good. Got to pinch those pennies. Bring in the funny. Appreciate you, dog. Chris, reminding everybody, and thank you for the super. Click those little thumbs up, MHH fam. Appreciate that reminder, Chris, and the support, as always, my friend. All right, we are getting really long, so I'm going to make sure we're not missing anybody, but it's about time to head on out for tonight. But we got to grab Drew Hollenbeck, who jumps back in to show some phenomenal generosity. Really appreciate you, Drew. Thank you, Drew. He says, uh, Zach said it well. Gordon can have the ball when he pries it from Phil's cold, dead hands. And that's basically the way it is, dude. Philip Lindsay is going to make – Melvin Gordon earn every carry. I don't. He doesn't care about his contract. He doesn't care what the Broncos want. He is going to get off the field, giving his last blood, sweat, and tear to the Broncos. Shed. He's going to make it very hard for Gordon to outplay him. Big, big Lindsey fan this year. Mundungus again jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend, the Wizard. Chad Charlie says to call them Athletics supporters. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, talking about Facebook. Right? Chad, Charlie says to call them athletics supporters. Wait. I don't know. DM me on that, dog. Something's falling short. You know how it is, dude. If Zach can't interpret it, then <laughs> we'll screw it. Because, you know, it's I'm like a, it's like a middle-aged dad, which I am trying to interpret the slang on a text <laughs> when you take your teenager's phone away from him. Um, Kenneth Booker, yes. So there's a great um, video that Kenneth shared on – milehighhuddle.com, head on over there, click on the community tab, and you'll see a hype video that will get your get your blood pumping for Broncos 2020. Very exciting. An excellent find, Kenneth. And that is exactly what the community tab at milehighhuddle.com is for. So thanks for putting that there and bringing that to our attention. Um, BG in the house. Oh, that's weird. BG in the house. One last time. Appreciate the donation. Zach. Keenum was a Band-Aid, Flacco, an open wound. And, not a and bad, not a bad analogy. Pus-ridden, just <laughs> disgusting, <laughs> irreparable open wound. All right, gang. We got to get out of here for tonight. Thank you so much to each one of you for yes. joining us. 
And for showing the love, a mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars, a mile high salute to our supporters on Facebook, and those of you who gave us some stars on Facebook as well. It means the world to us and keeps us coming back for more, keeps us with our nose to the grindstone, not only with these live streams and these podcasts each and every night, but bringing you the written content and the videos uh, that we do on the daily. Mundunga says, jock straps, Chad, jock straps. I got you. Okay. All right. I got you. Thank you. But we do got to get going. Two nights in a row, Zach, where we go 15 minutes over, and it feels like it's been 15 minutes we've been on the horn. We make up for it. Like like we said earlier, if we're late a few minutes, we always go, we add it on toward the end. So we always give our audience the full price of admission, if you will. All right, gang, we love you. Uh, here's a quick programming note before I forget. So we have a very specific reason for this, and we will unveil that. So ZW Designs, Zachary, was originally scheduled to come on the show Wednesday night for the 10th installment of our Superstar Series. That's being kicked down the road by just a few days. Just like we had Mike on last night on Sunday, we're actually going to delay Zachary's debut for this coming Sunday. There's a really good reason why, and you guys will see that when he finally does appear on Sunday night. So Wednesday night will be just like tonight, us talking, going through the news, whatever's taking place at uh, Dove Valley, and then Mile High Mailbag on Thursday. And then the next time you see a Sunday night, it, we're going to have Zachary, and we can't wait to get him on here and introduce him to you guys. Many of you already know him well. Uh, he is a superstar you for a reason, but we can't wait, Zachary. So I haven't seen you in the stream tonight, but I know you'll be listening after. So we look forward to seeing you and talking with you then, my friend. But guys, as we get out of here, a couple of quick reminders. Make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter, Crucial. If you are one of our newer Super Chat superstars as well, make sure you reach out to us on Twitter and connect so that we can shout you out, include you in our shout outs after the show. Also follow Mile High Huddle, at Mile High Huddle, and my partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. And you can find me at Chad and Jensen. Zach, we're off tomorrow, so have a great start to your week, my brother, and we'll uh, reconvene on Wednesday night. You too, and uh, hopefully by Wednesday, DeMar Dotson is the right tackle and Cushionberry is the center, so fingers crossed. We shall see. Check out the merch store when you get some time, gang. HuddleUpPod.com, get your swag on, and don't forget to follow John as well. Great follow on, tw- on Twitter, trust me, at John yep. K M H H. You guys know him and love him as Buona Beast. That's got to do it for tonight. We love you guys. Thank you. Oh, Zach's in the house. Zachary. All right. There we is. look forward to seeing you on uh, Sunday night. It's going to be a gas. All right, gang. We're out of here. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you on Wednesday night. But don't miss the, uh, Building the Broncos. It's tomorrow night. It's Tuesday. Building the Broncos, Nick and Carl. Talk to you guys later. Um, wow. Mike. You know what? Right before we actually went out, I haven't hit end broadcast yet. <laughs> Mike jumps in. That was so weird because normally it would just end the broadcast, but in this case, <laughs> it it didn't do it. So, Mike, hey man, serendipity, baby. Something's happened for a reason. You the know exactly what I'm saying here. To, to end all buzzer beaters, Chad. Appreciate that super chat, bro. He says, Thank "Is you, your Mike. feeling that we are on pace to have a top ten defense?" Appreciate y'all. Oh yeah. Um, I think we're on pace, yes, but still much needs to be proven. I, I, I try not to get my hopes up too much because I think in the case of Vic Fangio last year, the, the defense really failed to, to live up to expectations early on. They've made some tweaks. Fangio learned a lot last year. The defense got way better the second half of the season. So are they on, on pace? Are they tracking toward that, Zach? I would say, yeah. I'm excited, Chad. They're on pace for top five, top three, top two. I mean, they're going to be a really, really, really good defense this year. So the expectation for me 
it is border is baseline top 10. All right, gang. We're out of here for real. Mike, sorry we had to be short on that, but we're really long here tonight, my brother. It's good to have you in the chat, and thank you for the for the donation. Yes, thank you, Mike. For Zach Kellerberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We're fish. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.